This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. A friend of mine told me about a father who, who took his little boy to a toy store, one of the biggest toy stores that you could ever hope to visit. And he told his son to get a buggy and he was going to let him buy a thousand dollars worth of toys. He had the money, a thousand dollars in hundred dollar bills. And the little boy, like any little boy, just was going berserk, going around filling up this buggy, this buggy, this buggy. And then all of a sudden the little boy looked out the window of the store. And he stood there for a while and then he he started putting all of the toys back up on the shelf. And his father said, assume maybe he's going to get something huge, and so he's putting all these smaller items up. And then a little boy whispered to his dad. You, you see, that he saw a man that was sitting outside begging for enough money to buy something to eat. And he asked his daddy if he could put those 10 $100 bills in that man's cup. I don't know about you, had that been my son, I would have been so thrilled to see him do that. You know what was in that little boy's heart? It wasn't self. He had love in his heart, didn't he? And as my friend Tom Neal used to say, it's all about the love. Today we're going to talk about the love of God in you. And I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, now on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize the course is free. And we want you to know more about the course and how you can receive it. So we're going to pause now for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read today from John the 5th chapter, beginning in verse 39 and reading down through verse 42. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life, and they are they which testify of me. And you'll not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I want us to look at verse 42 carefully. Where he said, I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. Well, I want us to think not about those people, but I want us to think about, uh, think about that passage along this line. 
the love of God in you. God is worthy of our love, isn't he? He's worthy of us loving him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Matthew 22, 37. Well, why is he worthy of our love? Because he made us, he created us. God formed man of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that first man became a living soul. He was made miraculously. And now God is still making people through his law of procreation. And when a husband and wife conceive a child within the mother's womb, and life comes forth, we can say that God made that baby. Psalmist said in Psalm chapter 100, verse 3, It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. God made us. I was down in the West Indies some time ago, and as a matter of fact, I was in, in uh, Trinidad. And I went into a little store trying to find my wife's a little souvenir I could take back to her. I'd been there preaching the gospel several days and and there was this cute little thing sitting on the shelf there. I thought, she might really like that. So I picked it up and I thought it would have on the bottom of it that it was made there in, in uh, Trinidad. But on the bottom of it, when I looked at it, it said uh, Avon. It was made in the United States. You know, God stamped us up, made us, and we are stamped with the, in the image of God. God created us. God made us. And God is our creator. God, God is worthy of our love because he provides for us. He, take, he takes care of us. If he will clothe the, the, the birds of the air and the, and the flowers of the field, well, he's, will he not much more take care of you? And indeed he will. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 19. So we love him, and he's worthy of us loving because he provides for us. He's worthy of our love because he redeems us from our sins. Ephesians 1, verse 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He is worthy of our, our love because he hears us when we pray. Prayer is not just some verbal, mental gymnastics. When we pray, God hears us. 1 Peter 3.12 reads, The eyes of the Lord over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, and the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So God hears our prayers. And also, we love him, and he's worthy of our love because he loved us to begin with. First John 4, 19 says we love him because he first loved us. And we love him because he's Lord over all. It's, it, to love God, we're told in Matthew 22, verse 35, down to about verse 37, is the greatest commandment in the world, the first and the great commandment. We're taught in verse 37 to love God with all of our heart. We're to love Him emotionally. We're to love Him with all of our soul, with all of our being, with all that is within me is, I'm to love God. I think about Paul's statement in Romans 
chapter 1 and verse 17, he said, uh, uh, rather in verse 15, for as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. As much as in me is, from the depth of my being, from, the, from my soul, man has a body and man is a soul residing within that body. And I love him from the, my inside out. Everything about me, I love him. I love him with my mind. That is, I love God intellectually. Satan's method of attacking us is attacking us to our minds. And that's the reason we have to watch all the things that we allow to be entered into our minds and our hearts. Because what goes into your mind goes into your heart and it affects your soul. It affects your eternal destiny. And we are to love God personally. My mother loved God. My daddy loved God. I had cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents that loved God. But what worth is that to me unless I love him personally? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of your heart. Billy is to love God with all of his heart. And when I stand before God at last on the day of judgment, the question is not going to be on that occasion. Well, who else in your family loved God besides you? It's going to be, did you love God? Did you serve God? So it's a great commandment because I'm to love Him personally. You know, in the Old Testament, when the law was given to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, in the law were 613 commandments. And they were boiled down to two commandments. To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And to love your neighbors you love yourself. That was in the Mosaical Age. And in the Christian age where we live today, Christianity is boiled down to those two commandments. To love God. Because when you love God, you obey God. First John 5 and 3. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. So when we love God and we're to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Who is my neighbor? A man asked Jesus on one occasion. And a neighbor is anyone to whom you can exhibit goodwill. They may need help. They may, it may be a widow who needs our yard mowed, cut the grass. It may be a young couple who's struggling because they don't have enough money to buy food at the store for their family. Go buy the food. You see, there are so many needs out there, and we show the love of God by what we do. But what's the main our main obligation? Our main obligation is to have the love of God in us. Now, remember the statement Jesus said to these people, I know you. You may not know yourself. Others may not know you. But let me tell you, I know you. And he knows us today, doesn't he? God is a searcher of hearts, Acts 1.24. He knows everything that's in my heart. 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So God's looking at our hearts today. And He knows whether we love Him or not. And our main obligation is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. To have the love of God in us. And that involves making 
a commitment. A commitment. I remember back in the 1990s that I ordered some uh, videos to, uh, that dealt with uh, building Bible classes. And the very first one I looked at suggested, and, and this is almost a quote from the man that was speaking, commitment is out in the 90s. Well, if it was out in the 90s, think where it is in the year 2020 today. It's out today. But if when we love God, we commit to God. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Have you made that commitment to God? That you'll have no other gods before him. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Do you really trust God? Do you really believe in God? Do you, are you really committed to God? Oh, you say, well, Brother Lambert, you know, I believe in God, but I, I don't get all excited about this church thing. And, and I don't get excited about uh, all of these uh, rules and regulations that, that so-called Christians go by. You've not committed then. Jesus said, I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. And when we have the love of God in us, that involves trust and it involves respect for God. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. And it was Solomon who said at the close of his life, Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And a more accurate translation would be, this is the whole of man, the sum and the substance of man's existence in this world is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That's in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13. And then being committed to God and loving God and having his love in you involves really knowing God. Do you know him? Do you really know God? Do you really know God? Are you really committed to God? In John chapter 17 and 3, there the Bible says, and this is eternal life, that, that they may know the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Do you really, deep down inside your heart and in your soul, really know God? But when we really love God, when we have the love of God in us, how, how does it affect your life? You, you see, we're talking about love. As my friend Tom Neal would say, it's all about the love. It's all about the love. And so when you have the love of God in you, how does it affect you? Well, you love other people when you have the love of God in you. It's a serious thing for a man not to love God, isn't it? And First John, the third chapter, says that... Uh, we know we've passed from death to life if we have love for the brethren, you know. But then in verse 15, it says, Whoso uh, hateth his brother has committed murder. You, it's, it's tantamount to murder when you have hatred in your heart. And in 1 John 4 and 20, listen to, listen to what he says. If a man says, I love God, and he hates his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God 
whom he hath not seen? That's an interesting question. How would you answer it? If I can't love people I see, how can I say I love God whom I cannot see? It's serious. It's, it's, it's so serious that our eternal destiny depends upon it. When I have the love of God in me, I'm going to love their people. Listen to Jesus in John 13, verse 34, verse 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. How do people know you're a Christian? How do people know that you have the love of God in you? It was said of early saints, in a time of persecution, see how they love one another. Ought not that to be said of those who claim to be children of God today? See how they love one another? See how they love one another? How do you know you're a Christian? You say, well, I go down to that church where they got Church of Christ on the front of the building. Well, we're not asking the name of the, that you've got on the front of your building. We said, I go down to that church where they don't use pianos and organs and bands. I, I'm not talking about how you worship. Well, 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 I attend a church where they have the Lord's Supper every Sunday. We're not asking how often you commune with the Lord. You should do those things. How do people know you do that? How, how do people know that you're a Christian? How do people know how you worship? How, how do people know what you do in worship? It's by the love that you have for each other. Oh, we need to have the love of God in us. We will love our, each other. You'll love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And when we have the love of God in us, we will love ourselves. And when we talk about loving ourselves, we're not talking about a, a selfish uh, self-love. We're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about seeing ourselves as God sees us. First of all, God sees us as someone made in His image. And we will have a godly self-love. And I think there are three traits of a godly self-love. Number one, when we have that godly self-love, we esteem others better than ourselves. Philippians 2 verse 3. Each of you looking not only to his own things, but also to the things of others. And then we have that godly self-love. We will look at things that belong to other people and we're going to walk humbly with our God. Jesus said, "If you, the greatest among you for the, is the person who becomes a servant, a servant of others. You see, we need to love ourselves with a godly self-love, not with arrogance, not with pride, but realizing who we are 
And I feel good about who I am because I am made in God's image. Do you have the love of God in you? When we have the love of God in us, isn't it the case that we're going to love God's word? In Psalms chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, when he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. We need to have our greater appreciation for the Bible. In most Bibles that I own, I have something written in the front of it. And it says this, only this Bible can keep you from sin, and only sin can keep you from this book. You see, we need to have a greater appreciation of the Bible and to love the Word of God. When people are sick, maybe they even think they're dying, isn't it the case that they like for the preacher to come and pray with them and read the Bible to them? And I believe that Christians ought to read the Word of God every day. It ought to be a part of our thinking. The, the Word of God ought to be so much a part of our thinking process, so much a part of what we have in our heart and our minds that we talk about Bible things to other people. That we talk about how much God, how good the Lord is and how blessed we have been and the like. You see, we need to have the Word of God bubbling over in our lives. And there are so many reasons that we ought to love the Word of God. One reason is it to turn to sin. In Psalms 119, in verses 9 to 11, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, the Bible is a filter to keep sin out of our lives. Suppose I had a, a wire wastebasket here before me and, and, and I tell you that I'm going to take this wire basket and I'm going to fill it full of water. Well, you say you'll never fill it full of water, Brother Lambert. Well, why not? Because the, more, the, the water goes out just as you pour the water in. You know, I think that's the way it is when you read the Bible. Do you remember everything you've ever read in the Bible? I don't. But let me tell you what it does. When you have the habit, the daily habit, of filtering the pure word of God through your mind, into your heart, into your life, and that it helps to direct your ways in life, that pure word of God pushes the impurities out of your heart and your mind. I love it because what it can do for me. I love the word of God. I was taught the word, to love the word of God when I could not even speak. I had an uncle who helped to raise me while my dad was in the Navy during World War II. And that uncle read me the Bible every day that I lived with him. I'm told that I referred to it when I began to talk as the big book. 
And I'd say to Uncle Clyde, read to me out of the big book, the Bible. I'm convinced that that early influence on my life is the reason I'm preaching to you today. I was taught to love this book. Let's have the love of God in our hearts and show it by the way we treat the Bible. And when the love of God is in us, duties that God has imposed upon us become our desires. That's what 1 John 5 and 3 is all about. This is the love of God that you keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. Try to picture in your mind a mother whose child is running a high fever. And that mother sits by that bedside of that child all night long, checking that child's fever every so often, making sure the child is all right, all night long. She doesn't sleep all night. Why does she do that? Well, you say she does it because that's a child and the child has a fever. No, I'm suggesting to you, although that was a difficult thing for that woman to do, and it was a hard thing for her to sit up all night without getting a wink of sleep, but she did it out of love, out of love. May God help us all to have the love of God. Wouldn't that make a difference in the world? I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And, and let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you're not certain where the church is located, get in contact with us and, and we'll help you find it. And also right now, why don't you just pick up the telephone? While it's convenient, call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Be happy to send it to you. And also, I tell someone else about getting to know your Bible. We want as many people as possible to be watching the telecast, and, and we want them to know more about the Bible. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in this today to watch our telecast. And until we meet again, May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.